I'm back. But not officially just yet. Series 2 is in the bag, the guests have been chosen, the interviews have been recorded, and I have a teeny tiny job of editing them all. So while I pull my finger out and edit all the episodes, I've got a special pre-series episode right up my sleeve for the meantime. This week, the fifth and the final film instalment of James Bond featuring Daniel Craig premieres, and after one too many postponements, No Time to Die finally makes its way to the big screen. For me, Bond is more than a movie, it's an institution, and I don't think I'm alone when I say it's a big part of our heritage here in the UK. From voyages in space, gondola jumping with Jaws, the man with the metal teeth, not the shark, to more nail-biting fights than the whole of the Real Housewives franchise, Bond really has done it all. But to my knowledge, Bond has never done a food safari. So for this special episode of Dishing It, I have enlisted the help of Fraser and Stuart from the Build a Bond podcast to help create one epic Bond-fueled food adventure. I had a lot of fun recording this one, so while I leave you to listen, I'm going to make tracks and start with my Bond marathon. I'll see you at the end. From one podcast to another, the hosts of the Build a Bond podcast are putting up their feet as I take the reins and take them through their Bond wish list in this special episode of Dishing It. Fraser and Stuart, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Thank you, Colin. Yeah, very, very excited to be here. Very good. I'm very good. Thank you. Yeah, it's nice for the, the shoe to be on the other foot. For, for us, yes. we're used to being kind of in your position and hosting and grill, <laughs> grilling our guests every week. But yeah, it's nice to be grilled for once. How fitting for a food podcast too. Very nice tie-in. <laughs> and uh, Fraser has a martini in hand which is very fitting for this episode i do there it is look at that two olives as well two olives uh two parts gin one part vodka and who knows what else we'll see where it goes (laughs) and Stuart, you have your bottle of martini in the background which is very nice as well (laughs) we do traditionally when we're recording build a bond uh, fraser and i will have a little glass of martini just to kind of loosen us up a little bit but um for very boring reasons tonight (laughs) I, I have just to water my car after. <laughs> um, I, unfortunately, I'm just sticking to tea at the moment. But how uh, do you take your martinis? Do you have different recipes? We normally do the different recipes, don't we? I'm I'm I go for the Vesper martini, which uh-huh. is made famous, I think, by Casino Royale, uh, which is the one that I've got just now is gin, vodka, and a bit of vermouth. Uh, don't normally go for the olives. I normally got a bit of a a, a twist of lemon. But uh, I thought I'd change it up tonight just for you, Colin. I'm honoured and truly honoured. <laughs> Stuart, how do you take yours? Yeah, I, I, I don't really like gin. So if I, I often, or when we're doing the podcast and stuff, I tend to have just like a vodka martini, but I like it a little bit dirty as well. So like a little bit of olive, olive juice in it as well. <laughs> Although I realised actually, I haven't, I haven't told Fraser this, but um, I, I found like a cocktail, like a recipe on it, like, online somewhere for for like the first time we were doing the podcast and just like used the measurements there made it up and and have been using that ever since and i only went back recently to double check the recipe and realize it's like a serves two recipe <laughs> been drinking the whole thing every time every episode which yeah maybe our listeners know it's by the end of the episode yeah. basically two martinis deep yeah we do, we, we do slur by the outro don't we yeah yeah i can never remember the outro so i'm just glad we get through it every week 
filter. So to say you guys are super fans, we'll be putting it lightly, the p- many postponements of the new Bond, No Time to Die, must be a killer for you guys. How you coped with the postponements? Yes, it has been tough, yeah. Uh, I mean, personally, I wouldn't call us, well, I wouldn't call myself a super fan, to be honest with you. Like, there's, We've had guests on that are a lot bigger fans than what I am anyway. I'd, I'd say I've got a, a fair knowledge of it, but yes, I, I've been... W- waiting in anticipation on the end of the edge of my seat for no time to die to come out and i and i can't wait to see it and i really really hope that all this anticipation is going to be worth the build up nothing like building suspense eh? exactly yeah we, well, we when we first sort of started the podcast we kind of end of last year we we did it in with the thought in mind being oh, by the time we've kind of recorded and released our first series, that'll kind of be perfect timing for No Time to Die coming out. That'll be great. <laughs> then that got delayed. Then we did the series two and thought this will be great. By the time the end of series two comes out, that'll be perfect for perfect timing for <laughs> No Time to Die. And now we're about to start series three, really just crossing our fingers that by the time series three comes out, it will finally be released. So we're, um, I think this time is for real. It's going ahead. Hopefully. We've got our tickets this time already. Anyone. Oh, keen beans. Love it. Yeah, we've got <laughs> our seats. We've got our tickets booked yet. And well, this is the thing. We've got a bit of, bit of an announcement to make. To, if there's any Builder Bond listeners listening to Dishing It at the moment, a uh, bit of an announcement here. We're going to be recording a very special episode of Builder Bond from the VIP lounge at Cineworld in Glasgow. Oof, uh, da. After watching No Time to Die. Oh, fit rare. Straight off the back of the film, our instant reactions uh, as we're as soon as we walk out, and it's going to be uh, hopefully lots of happy chatter about how amazing it was. <laughs> hopefully, it won't be a sort of depressing hour of us just complaining about how much we hated it. But it should be fun either way. Yes. So instead of drinking your martinis through that one, you will be avidly scribbling notes. But right, talk about this bit, then this bit, and then this bit. Yeah, very very excited. Really, really looking forward to it. I'll definitely tune in into that part. And we have so, a special secret guest joining us as well, which... Uh, who? Can, can, we, can we know who that is? Or is this going to be revealed in the episode? Um, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess we could reveal who it is. He's a, a film director who's made uh, films for BBC Scotland, such as Black and Scottish, and also Bash the Entertainer, Behind the Laughs. Uh, his name is Stuart Chisimere, and he's also very excited to take part. Sounds like a great lineup and a great guest to have on for that very special episode. So on your podcast, you invite special guests to create their own dream Bond cast, selecting their villain, Bond girl, and of course, Bond. So to mark the release of No Time to Die, I thought I'd flip its format on its head and hear your dream Bond recipe with a good old foodie twist. So I hope to have had a major Bond marathon before I had this call with you guys, because I do like Bond films, but it's been many years since I've actually watched like the older ones. So I'm hoping to chat with you guys that your knowledge will hold up this episode, which I'm sure it will, and rejig my memory on uh, some of the things I've forgotten. I've got one very foggy memory of watching a Bond film when I was younger. I don't know if I'm crossing over with a Scooby-Doo episode, <laughs> but is there a Bond film, like older Bond, when a clown walks up to the windows of a mansion yes there is yeah, okay right. i thought i was going i thought i was going nuts what one is that one i think i, think I believe that's octopussy octopussy yeah, octopussy yeah. right at the start write it down. yeah 
I remember it and I just remember I keep on having images of it but then it crosses over into a Scooby-Doo episode when an old woman's pearls get stolen and the lights go off type thing and I was like I don't actually know which way around it is anymore but that's it octopusy I'll add that back to my list to watch Pretty that, sure one that again happened. Soon. the old woman and the pearls happened in James Bond as well I'm sure I think there's probably oh. a lot of crossover between the worlds of James Bond and Scooby-Doo yeah, I, Scooby Doo. Mm, I can imagine Scooby-Doo ripped off a lot of stuff Warner Brothers, you know, they're crafty buggers over there. Yeah. Let's take over to present day. And the trailer is out for Bond and the fan universe is going crazy. What do you think is next in line this time around for Bond? It's been strange a little bit with the Daniel Craig ones over the last few films in that they've actually tried to tie the films together in a way that they haven't necessarily done that much before. So you can see already in the trailer they're bringing back some of the... Um, you know, the cast from previous um, films, some of the uh, characters from previous films as well. So I'm not sure how I feel about that. You know, one thing you love about Bond is that each film really kind of stands by itself and mm -hmm. um, often has, a, you know, it's kind of fully contained in the one film. Whereas um, with, with this being Daniel Craig's last one, you know, what are they going to do? Are they going to try and bring it full circle? Are they going to try to have some sort of satisfactory conclusion to everything that's happened over the past few films? I don't know. It's hard to say, but it's uh, it's interesting anyway, and you know a little bit different to what they've tried to do in the past. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I think I think there's going to be a, I think there's going to be a few surprises. I think there'll be some twists that that aren't typical of a Bond film. I don't want to put what I think those twists will be out there in case I look silly after it comes out. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think it's going to take it in directions that we haven't seen Bond films go before. Mm. it's for me it's like i, I mean <laughs> as you know me and fraser we could talk about bond you know all day all <laughs> night for me one of the big things is really for daniel craig's legacy as bond i think he'll always be remembered as, as one of the best bonds if not perhaps even the best bond but i always think of it as his ratio of good to bad bond films is kind of teetering on a knife edge right now he's done two like Casino Royale and Skyfall I think are two absolutely mm -hmm. brilliant films the other ones Spectre I didn't really know rate so much Quantum of Solace definitely wasn't that good so this is his fifth one if it's good or it's bad it's going to tip his ratio either way so it's a big moment for his legacy as well God he'll be stressing <laughs> these, <laughs> these, these delays will be making him stress as well as I just want it out of the way I just want to know if people like it or not if you sit there going all oh, the build up on guys think about yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> what are they going to say about me? Do you think, uh, yeah. Stuart, is uh, Daniel Craig your favourite Bond, would you say, out of the whole franchise? I always think of it as like kind of separate questions. So who is the best Bond and then who is my favourite Bond? Mm, so I think okay. like on, on paper, like in terms of acting ability, in terms of what he's done with the character and the films themselves, I would say Daniel Craig is probably the best Bond. Um, whereas my favourite Bond is a different question. And I think probably I always go back to Sean Connery and... The emotional connection you have to hit to his portrayal of Bond because it's mm. the first ones that you saw because it's the kind of iconic portrayal of Bond. Probably, I would say uh, Sean Connery is my favourite, but I would I would probably admit that Daniel Craig is is probably the best Bond that that, that we've seen so far. Anyway, Fraser, would you agree? Will we get a debate going? Uh, no, I don't agree. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Dalton is the best Bond, and Timothy Dalton is my favourite Bond. End of. Double, Double whammy from yeah. Fraser. Who would be your dream person to play Bond then, do you think, Fraser? This is a difficult one. Choose anyone. 
Yeah, I think one of these days we're going to get around to doing building our own bonds, I think. And um, I'm not sure if I want to give it away, but I think, you know, go on, just as soon as though you've asked nicely, Colin. <laughs> I think I think uh, John Boyega is my, my choice for the next bond. Ah, uh, he would be a good one. Yeah, I definitely. He's phenomenal. He's funny. He's charismatic. He's sexy. He's smart. He's got, you know, all of this star power behind him mm-hmm. but not so much that he's gonna kind of get lost in the star power in the bond role he'll yeah bring, i think he'll bring um i think he'll bring something really new and really dynamic to it i could see that stuart who do you reckon if i'm honest what i actually want to happen and um, my, my ideal outcome would be is that when they announce who the new bond is i go like oh like i want to be kind of like that exact, that exact noise you know i want to be yeah. like taken aback i want to be like i don't want it to be someone that i'll go like oh, okay yeah he's been on the you know next bond odds list for the past like few years i don't want it to be someone who someone like me some idiot like me could think of as being the next bond i want it to be someone who like maybe like challenges what we think of as as who's going to be bond maybe like it's a surprise maybe causes a little bit of outrage you know Sort of, you know, maybe even like a little bit what, what Daniel Craig did when he came into the role. People thought, oh, this guy doesn't look like what I think Bond looks like. This guy doesn't physically sort of resemble what I think Bond should look like. So I want that again. I want, you know, the boundaries to be pushed a little bit for it to be someone that that, that someone like me couldn't think of to be Bond. And I, I suppose they probably won't do it in this film because obviously it's one character's in. They can't really got to wait a while till they do the next one. So we'll be waiting on the edge of our seats, I'm sure. Mm. yeah i feel like i feel like they know i think barbara broccoli i think barbara broccoli knows who the next bond is but they can't announce it until yeah daniel craig's officially out you know yeah i think it's to be honest i do love the speculation as well as much as i like you know as much as we talk about bond all the time and to be fair the, the number of times on our podcast where the guest has, has named someone or, or mentioned a name and, and it's changed my opinion as well i've been like so surprised by the great shouts we've had from our guests um Riz Ahmed, Sam Hewen, Clive Owen you know so many like actors that have been named that I never would have thought of necessarily but I've been like yeah you know what as soon as they mention it you think that that could that could work um and what's on Build a Bond as well we have you know this idea of absolutely no rules so people can pick actors that are dead actors that are too old now but could have done it when they were kind of yeah younger they can pick their mates to do it they could pick all sorts so <laughs> Um, it's been really good to that, that's why I kind of feel like I want it to be a surprise because now I've had like my horizons so broadened by doing the podcast of, as to what's possible now I think well why you know there isn't any rules let's let's see what like you know let's see well, how creative I mean, they to an be. extent I mean they, they can't pick someone that is dead but well no that is true yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a CGI them they can yeah, CGI yeah. them you never know like they do with all these Star Wars films now they like yeah back yeah all the, all the <laughs> yeah <dead> actors yeah <laughs> you never know they can do many things these days Mm. so i'm dying to hear about what you've got planned for your bond film so let's set the scene your film is going to be set in scotland where would the location of your dramatic opening scene be i'm I'm just gonna say that before we get started i have had so much fun doing this (laughs) (laughs) i I thought i thought you might i thought you might (laughs) and and i I know obviously with your podcast colin there's always a big food element and um you know a foodie such as yourself you know all the locations to eat in scotland i've gone to like back to my like childhood and just thought of like when i was a kid driving around going on holiday in scotland where i thought would be like cool bond locations for, yes. for stuff. um but this one for my opening scene was something i thought about relatively recently during lockdown 
and you know when you like it was like the full-on lockdown stage where you couldn't do anything you couldn't go anywhere all you could do was like go for walks like around your house and that's what I did basically <laughs> went for like walks around trying to find new places interesting places and I came across uh Rubis Law Quarry oh in Aberdeen. yes and I was there in the evening it was like a cold crisp night and it's so mysterious around there there's loads of big fences there's loads of like warning signs do not enter do not go in here like parts of it are like kind of like floodlit eerie ominous and I thought it would be a perfect little open a perfect kind of atmosphere for an opening of a Bond film like Bond maybe in like all black balaclava or something exploring around there trying to find out what's going on why is this like huge deep lake in the middle of Aberdeen what's it all about I even thought you could have like you know um and like you only live twice when they get to the top of the volcano and it looks like a big pool of water but when they actually like walk on it it turns out it's just like a huge opening for like a rocket launcher or something something like that I just became really obsessed with Rubislaw Quarry is this amazing place where there's all sorts of mysteries and I would love my Bond yeah. film to start there good choice Fraser do you have uh, another location or do you agree I've got another location yeah so yeah. my well my ve- my very opening sequence takes place at the McCaig Tower in Oban. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a, it's a bit of a scale in the heights of the tower and, you know, maybe a bit of parkour and eventually it all ends up down at the harbour in Oban and Bond's finished fighting the baddies, they're in the sea, there's been a shootout in the boats or whatever and uh, M walks up and he says, come on, let's go for some lunch and they go into Yusk in Oban. Oh, Yusk. Yeah. Don't know if you know it. No, seafood. I don't know it. Seafood restaurant right on the seafront and open. Ooh, nice. Really, really nice food. So they're going to have, you know, they're going to have a seafood platter there for their starter. They're going to have Oof, squid, damn. prawns, mussels. And based on all of that, the title of my Bond film is going to be called Octopus Sea. Ah, Octopus sea. look at that. Like, <laughs> Are we getting into like the, the food side of things and and because because that's surprising actually we, we did discuss a little bit what we were going to do Fraser but I also picked a starter that's very very similar to yours. You you so, chuck it in Stuart. Logistically uh, my Bond film makes no sense because as I said my opening scene is in Rubislaw Quarry which is in Aberdeen but my starter is going to take place at the Kailusku Hotel in Sutherland um, it's this cool little hotel right on the side of the lock and it's got Kailusku Bridge kind of goes past it which is this kind of like really modern looking um, uh, iconic bridge and I'm also going to go there and have a seafood platter oh. look at that look at you two both being on the same I know I can't believe it the reason I, I, I had a really good memory of going there and the reason I thought of, I thought of it for Bond is well first of all when, when Bond arrives there he's going to arrive by uh, Midget Submarine because uh, oh, yeah. Kailusku is where, is where they um, trained in midget submarines during the Second World War. Irrelevant, just a bit of boring history. But Bond, of course, is a submarine commander uh, in the Navy, so arriving by submarine is perfect. He gets to the Kailusku Hotel. M is there, and she's got this seafood platter like laid out in front of her. And <laughs> the reason it made me think of Bond is because when I went there, and, we, and basically on the menu, it just says like seafood platter. It doesn't have a description of what's on there or anything. They just basically, whatever they have fresh, they just stick it on a plate and like serve it out to you. But it also comes with, because it's got things like, you know, crab and sort of like langoustines and stuff like that. You also get like this kind of like tray of what I thought looked like, like, like torture equipment. And so all these things were, like breaking open the crab's legs, all these like super sharp knives and like 
I don't know, like utensils that look like um, something you would use to like torture someone. So I thought I had this like scene in my head of like Bond sitting there. He's, he's getting in trouble by M because he's always getting in trouble by M. And while like M's sort of dressing him down, he or he is also like basically like ripping apart a crab or like tearing apart a bit of lobster or something. <laughs> well, so he's, she, she's doing all this. I'm picturing Judy Dench in my head. I don't really know why. But she, you know, she's, I had a feeling she, you might have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's like doing all this while she's like laid into Bond. Um, so that was my idea from, from my starter. A, because it's very, very nice there and the food is amazing. But also I thought like saying wise, it's really cool for a Bond film. I like that idea. I like that idea a lot. And I thought it would be best before we hit on to the main, best avoid Bond being a bit bloated if he's going to mm-hmm. don his dukers, um, if he's going to walk out of a lock, a beach or a riverside. Where, whereabout do you think he's going to be doing that for his iconic swagger scene? Thinking about this, I just want him to be walking out of wherever's the coldest, because yeah, just to make make all <laughs> the, the extra men, mean, <laughs> yeah, make make all the men in the audience feel better about themselves. For yes, <laughs> I think it's wise. I think it's yeah. wise. Well, me and Fraser actually just recently we were on holiday together, and and we explored some incredibly beautiful beaches out in the Western Isles. We were, we were in Barra, Barrasie, and we went for a swim uh, on the beach in Erskay. Um, is it called Prince Charlie's Beach or something like that? And nice. I mean, I'm not saying the locals thought we were bond ourselves coming out of the, the water, but it is beautiful there. The, the water is so crisp and clear. It looks like, because when we were there, it was quite sunny, so it looks like it could be, you know, the Caribbean or like some exotic location until your toes touch the water. And at that point, you're like, okay, ice cubes. I'm, I'm definitely in Scotland, yeah. Um, so I would, pick, I would pick there, Prince Charlie's Beach on Eriski as my kind of, Again, logistically, it makes no sense. Bond is all over the place here, but um, that's my favorite beach in Scotland. Golden Eyes locations didn't make sense, so yeah, why no, should that's right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, for the announcement of series three, is there going to be a picture of you both coming out of the water in your dukers to mark the <laughs> mark the new series coming out? No, we want people to listen. We don't want to put them off. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a, a water scene in mind, Fraser? Um. I think I think my, my big water scene is going to be the in the opening scene, you know, open harbor. Yeah, you know, diving in between boats and shootouts and all that stuff. Yeah, I think that's I think that's my opening scene. But I wanted to give a wee honourable mention, actually, if I, if I may. Yeah, on you go. Um, I mean, this, the best starter I've ever had in my life was at Malmaison in Glasgow, and it was uh, parsnip and pear soup. And honestly, Ooh, fine. I I think about that soup maybe. <laughs> Two or three times a day. Oh god, that must be a good soup. <laughs> it was unbelievable, Jeez. and it was made by uh, a chef called Martin Wishart, who's sadly no longer with us. But uh, I've ever since, and that was that must have been about six years ago that I had that, and I've yearned for it ever since. Because is that the soup comparison? Every time you have a soup, you're comparing it to that one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <gasps> it's so nice it's that his memory as well lives on in in the soup and. Yeah. That's kind of like his legacy in life is, you know, whenever whenever you're hungry or whenever you want a soup, you think of his soup. He had that, he had that big an impact on the world that he's changed your life forever with soup. Yeah. And Malmaison would be quite a cool location for a, a, a Bond scene, mm-hmm. but just, I just couldn't get over the open thing. I thought that'd be really, really cool. Let's talk thrilling chase scenes. Where would a chase scene be between Bond and the hitman that's trying to get rid of him? <laughs> Again, this is like thinking back to whenever I'm 
out and about in Scotland driving around, where do I pretend that I'm Bond whenever I'm driving? <laughs> and the answer is like <laughs> my favorite bit of road in like the whole of Scotland, the bit that I love driving, you know, so much is the uh, the road that goes from Glenshee in the Cairngorms back down into Braemar then out yes. towards Balmoral. So I think it's the A93. And if you and I, I quite often because I'm maybe up like maybe skiing or or hiking or something. So you're you're driving back down like early evening in that kind of golden hour light and it's like the most beautiful setting with the mountains on either side then it comes down into like the Dee Valley and it's got like the forest and everything and it's this amazing road and whenever I'm driving it in my like little Toyota Yaris I'm like pretending I'm Bond <laughs> driving down that road so I've got to have a, a chase scene there could even start in Glenshee like with a bit of a, like a ski chase then into the cars down that road um bit of snow maybe that would be lovely there we go. It's it's a great, it's an iconic road, that one. It's great. Mm. Yeah, I think it's part, is it the, the, the Northeast 250 or something like that? There's like a sort of tourist route. It comes into through. it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it comes into it. Great one to see. Fraser, where's your chase taking place? Well, actually, my uh, my car chase scene ties into my dessert, actually. So if I well, can we can keep, we can keep that till later, yeah. Yeah, mm. save a little something Love for it. dessert. But, spoiler alert, it's the same as Stuart's. No. <laughs> <laughs> road. We well, that's way, great. We spend way too much time together. <laughs> you holiday together, you put the same desserts. Same seafood platter and everything. Yeah. <laughs> great. Well, no matter where any Bond film is, you can always be sure to witness some lavish hotels, stylish bars, and plenty of dinner parties. So for this segment of the podcast, I'm all ears to hear where you're sending Bond for his movie meals. So we've covered off the starters. So let's go nicely on to our main, where Bond comes face to face with his villain. Where are you sending him, Stuart? No. Oh, oh. <laughs> Again, I know this is, of course, a foodie podcast. And I have, for all my other courses, picked it very much in line with what some of your other guests might have picked. I've picked nice hotels, nice restaurants, nice bars, and I've picked nice food and everything. Unfortunately for my main meal, I've picked like a really terrible, can I say crap? Am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah, you can. It better not be McDonald's. No, it's definitely not McDonald's, <laughs> but it's about the same kind of standard of food. But I've picked it based on its location as opposed to its um, quality of food. And I'm picking... I, I will grant it. I will grant it. Okay, good, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm picking the Ptarmigan Restaurant in Cairngorm. So uh, it's, I, don't I, know if it. you know, I don't know if you know it, but it's if you go to like the Cairngorm mountain and they have like the funicular railway that goes up and yes and then right at the top is like uh, a, like a yes, restaurant of course. That, that is like on basically on the top of the mountain and I thought I was trying to think where in Scotland is like the most bond place to like do anything and I was thinking yeah of like the, the mountaintop place inspector on uh, on her majesty's secret service when it goes to like the mountaintop kind of place and I thought that there is an equivalent of that in Scotland, and it's the Tarmigan restaurant at the top of Cairngorm. Um, plus, it's got the extra bonus of having that funicular railway, so you can have a kind of like, um, is it Moonraker, the gondola scene, where they're, like, they're, they're fighting across the gondolas? I thought you could recreate that as well. So I don't know what you'd have to eat, because I really, I mean, I think they just do like sandwiches and stuff. I don't think they do like really that good food. But um, I thought location-wise, there would be nowhere better for like, a bond meal is like right at the top and it would be like blizzards outside and everything yeah maybe the villain will cook something up there maybe i, I do love and fraser you're gonna get bored of this because i talk about it all the time on the podcast is i love any scene that involves bond like eating dinner with like a villain 
I always find those scenes so tense and so like interesting, like the dynamics. So I like the the meal scenes in my Bond film would be like about half of it. Like yeah. a, few, a few bits of action and then the majority of it would just be Bond having dinner and all seated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never know, the villain might make up some parsnip and pear soup. Oh my mm. goodness. That could be served at the top, you never know. Oh <laughs> never know. <laughs> Fraser, where are you going for your main? Okay, I am going to Bombay Cottage in Hamilton. Mm. And this is, like you say, where Bond comes face-to-face with his villain. There's maybe a bit of a macho sort of spice thing going on. Who's got the stronger stomach? Yes, you know. yes. Scotch bonnet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've, so I think in all of Scotland, that's where I've had the best Indian meal. Um, and I... It's right next to a little auction house called uh, Smiley's Auctioneers. Uh, and I've filmed in there a couple of times. Um, but this, uh, yeah, this, this Indian restaurant is really cool. It's, it's, it's decorated fantastically inside. And this, the, the waiting staff are, are brilliant. Um, I mean, I don't really want them to be as friendly as they are in real life in the film because I want it to be a bit more intense. No. Mm-hmm. But they can act. They can, I'm sure they'd, they'd, they'd go for it. <laughs> they'd be up for it. They'd be up for it. Yeah. <laughs> and I just feel like uh, like India in general is a bit of an underexplored country for Bond films. And he does go there in, in Octopussy, I think. But I just think, yeah, let's have a bit more Indian culture in there, a bit more, a bit more spice. A bit more spice. Yeah. Like it. I mean, Hamilton, it. Hamilton's not exactly the most exotic place, but... <laughs> Be quite the contrast. Yeah. <laughs> and actually on that, who would be your villain, do you think, Fraser? Oh, good question. Um, or who's been your favourite villain so far? Favourite villain so far is probably a better question, actually. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, Javier Bardem in Skyfall was mm-hmm. awesome. Really, really good. Really good. But I also loved um, Yafit Koto in Live and Let Die. Mm-hmm. But he was great. With he had he had the whole face mask thing and the double identity. I thought that was just really well done. And he was he was he actually passed away last year. God, I'm bringing us back to a lot of death, aren't I? But uh, Yafik Kota <laughs> passed away last year, um, unfortunately. And yeah, I just thought he was he was a marvelous villain. Great, Stuart. Who's your standout villain that you've had that you've watched? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you've directed all the films. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking of like what I love about a film and you know what made me like really love Bond was like was Dr. No. I thought he was such a good villain. A because he has a great dinner scene with Bond, which as you know is, is really important to me. So I think that's he's really cool. And then I think as well, I mean he always gets listed as one of the best Bond, Bond films, and I think it's totally fair, is um the man with the golden gun as well, Scaramanga and uh, Christopher Lee. It's like one of the the, the best like bond villain relationships i think between the two of them the way he like kind of really idolizes bond and, and you know really just wants his kind of like approval i think the dynamic of them is really good and to top it all off there's a great scene of them dining together as well see it all comes back to food food Always. brings us all together um just to, just to add in as well my um indian food themed bond title would be dal another day dal another day i can't believe you thought of bond title puns Fraser. Of course I did. I was, you know our podcast. 
when you did the first one I was like oh I forgot they do all the titles and stuff I, was like, I should have added this in as well but you've done it for me so it's great yeah. <laughs> keep throwing them in whenever they come in so every Bond girl or guy needs to be romanced at some point in the movie where is Bond going for his uh, romantic dessert or it doesn't have to be romantic it could be chaos who knows I, I, I maybe put too much thought into this but I was thinking really hard about what sort of dessert Bond would like because I personally have quite a sweet tooth and I like really kind of like sweet desserts but I was thinking I don't think Bond probably would maybe he's too much like kind of like a hard guy to be interested in like a really he'd definitely be a cheese border he'd be a cheese border I think well, exactly that's what I thought Bond if he was having dessert would definitely have a cheese board so then it made me think well where did I have the best ever cheese board that I've had so I will take Bond to the Isle of Mull Cheese Company which is oh. uh um a dairy farm, I guess, a, a cheesery. <laughs> I don't know what you call a place where they make their own cheese, but um, on the Isle of Mull, and it's a really cool, like, it's a farm, and you go there, and they have, like, a little kind of restaurant attached, and basically, yeah, you, you go there, and you can order the cheese board, and similar to, like, my starter in Kyla School as well, they just have the cheese board, and they just have whatever cheeses they, they've made, kind of, you know, that week or that month or whatever, and then they just serve it up, and you get all sorts of lovely fresh cheeses and, and different stuff, and as well, the setting, it's like in this kind of, I guess it must have been like a, a greenhouse or something. I don't really know because it's it feels like it's all like glass and it's got loads of trees like growing inside and everything. So I thought it's a pretty cool setting. Nice cheese board. Bond's definitely a cheese board kind of guy. Um, and when I was there as well, I did think uh, this does remind me a little bit of Die Another Day when he's in like the big greenhouse and like um, <laughs> doing all the fighting and stuff. So I wouldn't I wouldn't have him fighting. I'd have him romancing over the cheese boards. But um, cool setting. Nice foods and uh, yeah, good place. Let me get this right, Stuart. You, for your three courses, you've gone seafood platter, sandwich yeah. platter, cheese yeah. platter. <laughs> <laughs> Bond likes options. Right, the platter theme. Yeah. Plenty picky, pick away at mm-hmm. things. Fraser, where are you where are you heading for your dessert? Well, for my dessert, I have gone for the clock house in Tom and Towel in the Highlands. Or is it in Murray? I can't remember. Anyway. It's one of the best meals I've ever had in there. Uh, and, the, and the dessert just absolutely topped it off. It was rhubarb crumble. It was hot custard, proper stodgy, great stuff. Um, be a, an absolute nightmare for Bond if he's, you know, going into a fight or, or a... Yeah, <laughs> go for but, a nap before. Yeah, but there is a massive, massive bottle of whiskey there that's like six foot tall. So I'm thinking, like, if there's a like a fight sequence or something, they could throw oh, someone into the bottle yes. of whiskey, and then that's when they take off in the car chase around the highlands. Of Here we go, she. <laughs> Amazing. And that one all comes um, out full circle. And that one, uh, just because of the name of the restaurant, the Clock House, is called Lots of Time to Die. You're a wordsmith. It's just <laughs> amazing. <laughs> so the mission is complete and chaos is avoided. Uh, where is Bond settling up for his well-deserved martini to take the edge off? Fraser, do you want to kick off with your one first? I'll go this one. So I'm taking Bond for a drink in Mar Hall Hotel, which lovely. is situated in the lovely, quaint little town of Erskine, and uh, right next to the Erskine Bridge. Uh, and this is, yeah, this is where it all ends. He can put his feet up, he can sip his martini uh, or... But I know they do a good pina colada there as well. So um, it's fancy, it's posh, it's there's golf, just like in Goldfinger. 
Um, maybe there's an opportunity maybe for a henchman to like reappear like for one last shot at him mm-hmm. dressed as a waiter, something like that. Um, yeah, that's where I'm. That's where I'm going for my drink, and that that one is going to be called. So it's Mar Hall. Maybe you can guess the title. No, on her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, I definitely would have not got that one. <laughs> but I like it. I like it. I don't, that one wasn't the strongest, I was. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. That Bond title's not even in my universe, in my head of the, all the Bond films. <laughs> but I know it when you said it, but it doesn't come to mind. <laughs> but I liked it. I liked it. Stuart, where are you going for your for your drink? Um. So, I yeah, thinking, I didn't want to, I didn't want to take Bond for a martini. I thought he's in Scotland. I think maybe Bond should have a whiskey, probably. Mm-hmm. And I thought, where could be a nice place to have a whiskey? And I thought of a place, and where I actually haven't had, haven't had a whiskey there, but I have been in there briefly, which um, I think has come up on your podcast before, Colin, but it's the Fife Arms in Braemar. Oh, uh, yes. Good location. Like, everybody loves it. It's, it's amazing. I thought it was cool because it's kind of, tra- like, in terms of its decor, it's kind of traditional, but it does have a kind of, like, sort of surreal vibe to it with all the artwork mm-hmm. and stuff. So it does feel like a little bit Bondy in the sense that, it's a bit weird and it's a bit kind yeah. of discombobulating when you're in there because it's got a lovely like traditional tarn and wood paneling but then also just like huge glittery like stag's head and stuff so yeah. yeah i thought it was a cool a cool kind of place for bond to relax with his girl that he seduced over to the cheese board um, and enjoy a nice whiskey i couldn't decide what sort of whiskey bond would have he doesn't i think in the books maybe he, he drinks a lot of whiskey in the films i, I can't really think of him drinking that much whiskey but thought something like um maybe like a Laphroaig because it's kind of a bit weird and a bit kind of like an acquired taste a little bit like Bond himself I don't think he would drink anything that's kind of smooth I think he would think something that was like pretty difficult and pretty challenging so I kind of felt like a Laphroaig would be a good match for Bond. Good choices solid choices and yeah the Fife Arms actually be a good location um for somewhere yeah as you said it's a very contrasting Mm. venue hotel come yeah it's everything won but after all those suggestions quite a quite a, a movie we've got i'd have to say be, he's gonna be exhausted isn't he he's been all over the yeah place. he might have saved the world but he's definitely killed the planet with carbon emissions definitely scotland about seven times it's been yeah. everywhere <laughs> maybe you could do it in an electric car that could be the the change for this one to bring it that into the modern it. era he gets like an, an electric aston martin or something like that yeah <laughs> This series of Dishing It, I've been asking each guest what their go-to song is. Um, so I reckon for today, it's a good call to play us out with a favourite Bond song of uh, one of yours. But in a true shocking Bond turn of events, only one of you are going to get your song to play. I've pulled together a very low-budget quiz based on <laughs> Bond to determine who is the biggest fan out of the two of you. And uh, much like Fraser, I have done a play on words name. So it will be called No Time to Dine. Yeah. Oh, that is the name. Really. There we go. So oh, why did I think took, of that one? Now, <laughs> I, 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 I think Fraser is very quick at coming up with his. That took me quite some time. I was like, right, what can I do? <laughs> it was looking right at me when I was doing my notes. So your name is your buzzer. So when I say the question, first one to say their name gets to answer. And we'll just see how it goes. And hopefully you don't like know all the answers because I my as we know my knowledge is not that great so if there's a, t- a tie 
well, who knows what happened. As you, as you might know from listening to our to our podcast, we we do like a, a a quiz question every week, and quite often it falls to me to answer, and yeah. I almost always get it wrong. So yeah. <laughs> I think going into it, the the bookie's favorite will be Fraser, but I think I've got uh, I've got a good chance. I do often have <laughs> Google to help me though. That's but, true, but not today. Well, chances are you've probably <laughs> you've probably seen all the questions that I'm going to ask <laughs> before you've been in your searches. So. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. You might be stumped. Who knows? So the first question, which artist has sung more than one Bond song? Stuart. Stuart, on you go. Shirley Bassey. Well done. It is Shirley Bassey. (laughs) Okay, question two. Bond was pushed from a plane mid-flight without a parachute. Which movie was that from? Fraser. Moonraker. Moonraker. You're right. I even had... I even had cues just in case no one knew so I could like tease it out, but we didn't need them. So it's fine. Oh, it's fine. Man. In the movie GoldenEye, how does Bond infiltrate the Archangel chemical weapons facility? Is us. Does he bungee jump into it? He bungee jumps into it. The excitement on both their faces when they get one right is great. <laughs> it's great to see. Uh, We're not competitive <laughs> at all. <laughs> Which studio produced almost the entirety of the Bond series? Sure. On you go. Is it like Pinewood Studio? It is Pinewood. Yeah. It is Pinewood. For which film did Sean Connery return as Bond? Razor. Diamonds are forever. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's back, Connery. Right. (laughs) This is the last question. So if Stuart gets us right, this will be a tie. Wait, wait, wait. What are the the scores on the doors right now? So Fraser three, Stuart two. Oh my God. Should should we announce our songs before we do the last question, and then obviously one of them, only one of them is going to win. Yes, actually, this will be make it, the stakes even higher and might add more stress. In fact, yes. actually, so even an, an, an extra layer of tension. <laughs> or no, wait, actually, I was thinking that as a tiebreaker, we could try and guess what the other ones picked. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a pretty disappointing uh, uh, thing if people <laughs> pick the same one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. Uh, so Fraser, who? Are you? What song are you picking for your your play out? I am going to go for the incomparable, the timeless. Nobody does it better. Better. Yeah, it's Harley Simon from The Spy Who Loved Me. Great choice, and Stuart. What I was your one? I, I knew you were going to pick that. That was <laughs> obvious. Uh, I'm going to go for the absolute other end of the spectrum in terms of Bond themes. I'm going to go for uh, You Know My Name, Chris Cornell from Casino Royale. Good choice. Good. I was worried one of you was going to say Madonna die another day. (laughs) I was very worried and I was like, surely not, because I know they both don't really like it, but I was like, they might just want to do it. (laughs) Who knows? Guilty pleasure and all that. Okay, so the stakes are high. You've both got your songs at the ready. So the final question is, who is the villain in the movie The Man with the Golden Gun? Stuart. Stuart. Scaramanga. <laughs> that is right. But unfortunately, it means a tie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a question. We haven't prepared for this eventuality. But let me oh let me think of one as I just dig in to my brain. What colour? What colour? Are Daniel Craig's uh, trunks when he walks out the sea? Stuart. Stuart, are you go? Like sky blue? I would have taken blue, but sky blue is yeah. it. There we go. <laughs> well done. I've spent a lot of time looking at those trunks. 
<laughs> well, Stuart, you have won that quiz and your song will play us out. Do you want to say it again for the listeners? So my victorious song, which is uh, one of the best Bond songs, it's Chris Cornell performing You Know My Name from the hit film Casino Royale. Great choice. Great choice indeed. Well, that takes us to the end of our very special Bond episode. And I think there's a making of a new blockbuster in there, I'd say. So thank you for joining me, guys. And I can't wait to hear Series 3 when it's all up and running. And also your your full review of Die Another Day. Not Die Another Day. Not Die Another Day. There we go. Testing you. Testing you is another point for Stuart. (laughs) (laughs) It would be good to do a full review of Die Another Day, actually. Yeah. Review of Dino Maybe that's day. shit. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's your like next element, like series four or five. You actually do like a goggle box off every every bond. Could do. Could actually, yeah. Could do. Could be a very long series, but it could be something. <laughs> you never know. But no, thanks so much for joining me and we'll catch up soon. Thanks, Colin. Thanks, Colin. See you later. It's been so much fun. See ya. What an absolute whopper of a bond that will be. I knew the boys wouldn't let me down for a full packed agenda for Bond, whether it be conic escapes across Scotland or dining in a restaurant. They had it all and they had it all very well planned, I would say. So for any budding location scouts out there, I think you've got your next Bond film there. So thank you to Stuart and Fraser for joining me. So that is the recommendations and that's us at the end of this very special and very different episode of Dishing It. I'll leave things there and I'll play out this episode with Stuart's winning song request, You Know My Name by Chris Cornell, which featured in Casino Royale. If you're listening on Spotify, you'll hear it, but if you're listening anywhere else, you may be left hanging. Apologies, blame the streaming service, not me. Anyway, thank you for listening. Like, follow, subscribe, ring the bell. You know how it all works. And stay tuned for the rest of Series 2, which will be landing in the next couple of weeks. Stay safe, eat well, and speak soon.